Leon Britton, thank you very much indeed for joining the Judge Business School podcast series today. We've just listened to a riveting lecture on doing business with China. Um, let's hear a little bit about your experience of doing business with China, because I believe your first visit was in 1978. It was in 1978 when they were just beginning to emerge from Maoism. Um, you could see glimmers, but no more than glimmers. And then there was a gap, and then I uh, started uh, with the European Commission coming more regularly, and now with UBS again in a different capacity, a regular visitor. And, and, and you talked about your experiences of, of doing business in China as being positive, of China having an authoritarian but not monolithic regime. Yes, uh, that of course didn't affect me because we would uh, do business with uh, whoever was prepared to do business with us. But in fact, it was a mistake to think that there's no dissent in China. Uh, it's just that you can't stand uh, for election on a party political basis against the government. Uh, there's plenty of argument within China. So that, for example, in deciding whether to allow uh, a Western bank to do or something that it wanted to do, the Chinese had to be aware of public opinion and their own vested interests and their own industry that might be opposed to going too far in the direction that the foreigners wanted. And so what were the blocks to that? Were the blocks political or were they procedural? You talked at one point about having to get 73 uh, permissions. Well, uh, that was the formal position, that you had to get 73 permissions. Now, why was the uh, delay in getting them and why there was some difficulty in getting some of them? In some cases, it was simple, straightforward bureaucracy, grinding slowly, people allowing the papers to... Uh, accumulate dust on their shelves. In other cases, that reflected a, a sort of underlying reluctance to let you do what the highest authorities had said you could do. So it, it was a mixture. And, and you also uh, talked about you know, being in for the long haul, in a way, tenacity, uh, being important, building up trust, persistence, honesty, humility. Those are, I think, the most important uh, features in anyone who wants to have relationships, not only in China, but really anywhere in the Far East. And I think that uh, uh, recognising that uh, uh, if you're just looking at the quarterly balance sheet and the quarterly trading account, you are not going to get anywhere. Uh, of course, you've got to keep an eye on those, but you've got to not start unless you're prepared to go in for the long haul and be, pre be prepared to see it out. Now you said your experiences with the Bank of, of China were that you found the chi Chinese very open-minded in, in terms of their financial systems. Yes, they were open-minded in the sense that, the, that they weren't, you weren't going to shock them by suggesting something that they didn't want to do. It wouldn't necessarily mean that they would be prepared to do it, but they would listen to why it, you thought it was a desirable thing to do. And there wasn't any conflict with Western values or so-called Western values. I don't believe that there's a fundamental conflict between Western values and Chinese values as such. They're very pragmatic. And if you could persuade them that something was going to work, that it was going to do more good than harm, they were ready to do it. But they might not be persuaded. And in being reluctant to be persuaded, of course, everybody carries their own baggage with them. And they may be reflecting past attitudes, past history or whatever. But uh, they, in principle, are very pragmatic indeed. Now, one of the 
big topics about China is whether it can continue its phenomenal growth, the double-digit growth it's had in recent years. Um, Some people are saying, well, it can't keep exporting. Others have said it's got to look to internal markets and domestic consumption to grow. Well, in the short term, I think it can continue growth, not a double-digit, but certainly 8%, which is what they're going to have this year. That is perfectly possible. They recognise themselves that they need to switch from an export-led economy to an inward consum- inland consumption one. It's very difficult to do because Chinese people, if there's any spare money, they tend to, spe- to save it, and they tend to do that because there's such an inadequate social security system. So one of the things that Chinese leaders want to do is to create an efficient working social security system which is an incredibly complicated, expensive and lengthy job to do. But that's the key, I think, to getting a real shift in the economy from being export-led to consumption-led. Now, to deal with a couple of questions from the audience, they asked about the competition between India and China, which are going to be the most expansionary, (laughs) most successful, biggest growth nations. And you had short shrift with that. You said China. Well, I personally, perhaps because I've done more with China, think that for the foreseeable future, China will continue. India is only starting the major process of reform and organization, although it has the built-in advantage of a lot of people who speak English, the English tradition of the civil service and so on and so forth. And I think that they will expand and they will expand fast. But I think that they have a way to go before they go at a faster pace than China. And another question from the audience came from a so-called tree hugger, because we are just weeks away from the important UN Road to Copenhagen talks about China's um, carbon emissions. That's a very important issue, isn't it? It's a very important issue. I think China will not just do what everybody asks them to do, but on the other hand, they are themselves increasingly aware of environmental issues, increasingly ready to do what they think is appropriate for a country of their size and of their state of economic development. And they're not going to be pushed around, but they will increasingly be ready to make a contribution, which others may find inadequate or not, we will see. But they are not um, uh, obdurate and reluctant to do anything at all. Now, you talked about your 32 years in China from 1978, from the, the bicycles and uh, Mao jackets to now. And one of the things you said about doing business with China is going in the right direction and at a reasonable speed. So is it this thing about speed and expectation that's important? I think that's very important because, as I said, uh, when I was negotiating Chinese membership of the WTO, I was told by the then Prime Minister, if you push us too far... We won't join the WTA now, but we'll do all the things that you want us to do, but we'll do them in our own pace and in our own way. So I think timing and speed is absolutely crucial. And just for the future, would you advise businesses large and small to do business with China? If they're prepared to put in the necessary effort. If they think that China's growing and so we can make a quick kill, forget it. If, on the other hand, they're prepared to make the commitment uh, and it won't be easy, then the rewards could be very great. And and, and as uh, sort of vice chairman of UBS, and you basically see both worlds in in terms of of the developing world and the West. Do do you think that, you know, political relations are important? Uh, The economic downturn, for instance, was supposed to to, um, affect everybody. Have we 
a common interest in this global world? Well, I'm only a director of a, a, a Chinese company, which is uh, one that is run um, by UBS, but nonetheless it is a Chinese company. I think that um, uh, uh, we will see, uh, we have seen uh, problems for the whole of the world, but I don't think China has been in a specially different position. I think China has shown leadership, but for its own reasons, in expanding at a time of economic difficulty, and the rest of the world, to be fair, has done the same. Leon Britton, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School podcast series today. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you very much, Bonnie.